Good morning. We're going to start day two of prayer. and Today we're focusing on the fact that God is uh, the unchanging God. In theological terms, it's called immutability, meaning he does not change. He could change if he wanted to, but he decides not to change to maintain the foundation of his character. And the reason that's important is that we have a foundation we can lean upon, a hope we can stand upon, a God we can trust in because we know he's not changing. Now, that does not mean God doesn't do new things. That God is a God who does a new thing never changes who he is in order to accomplish that new thing. In Hebrews chapter 6, it says this, uh, starting in verse 13, says, For when God made a promise to Abraham, since he had no one greater by whom to swear, he swore by himself, saying, Surely I will bless you and multiply you. And thus Abraham, having patiently waited, obtained the promise. For people swear by something greater than themselves, and in all their disputes, an oath is final for confirmation. So when God desired to show more convincingly to the heirs of the promise, the unchangeable character of his purpose, he guaranteed it with an oath so that by two unchangeable things in which one, it is impossible for God to lie. We who have fled for refuge might have some strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. And we have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters in to the inner place behind the curtain where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf having become a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek what that means is there is no one greater or stronger or more pure or more sure than God and so when God made the promise to Abraham he didn't have anything else he could swear by so he swore by his own name because his name is the only thing that was pure enough or faithful enough to swear by. So God gave him this promise and swore by, my name is your refuge and stronghold and your anchor. But then for us, the, the inheritance or the heirs of the promise, he says, I'm going to give you a promise and I'm going to swear by an oath. And the oath is this, that I'm unchanging. I'm unchanging. I do not change. I do not lie. If I say something, it will come to pass. And then he confirmed that oath through Jesus being the forerunner of it to go into the inner place to represent us for that promise. And so what does that mean? That means that all of us can place our trust in God for every single promise God has given us through his word. Promises of healing, promises of deliverance, promises of restoration, promises of redemption, promises of rest, promises of provision, promises of protection, every single promise God swears by them by his own name and his own character and his character changeth not Father we thank you that you are God who is the same yesterday today and forever and we stand on your promises not on our own doing our own efforts or our own abilities but only by your character that your character is pure and unchanging and infallible that your character is represented by your name and your name is steady and steadfast. And so Father, right now, these next few moments, I just pray that you remind us of the promises that you've given to every single person in this room. I pray you remind them of promises that you've given them in in prayer and isolation. Remind them of promises they've read in your word that settled into their hearts. Remind them of promises they've been standing upon and holding on to for year after year after year. You remind them of their promises then also point them back to that you're the God who never changes. 
You don't change your mind. You don't change your word. And when your word goes forward, it goes out to produce exactly what you called it to produce. It does not return back void. And so, Father, although you are the God who never changes, you are always doing a new thing. And I pray right now that we can have the steadiness of the God who does not change. But, Father, also the hope and the faith that you can always do a new thing in every single situation. So, Father, we thank you. We bless you in these next few moments. In Jesus' name. Pour 
Great, oh God, yes, you things have passed away. Your love has stayed the same. Your constant grace remains the cornerstone. Things that we that we
shine on darkest night and all that you've done we will pour out our love this will be our anthem song Jesus we
Jesus, we love you. Oh, how we love you. You are the one hearts adore. Jesus, we
change, culture changes, time changes, seasons change, things change. It does the soul good to serve a God that does not change, whose love doesn't change, it's steady, it's steadfast, it's unconditional. And, and thinking through the promises of God and thinking through the, the, the unchanging, the immutability, immutability of God, that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. When you look back on what God did in the Old Testament and the miracles he performed. When you look at Jesus on earth as God in the flesh and the things that Jesus did, whether it's you know, taking a few loaves of bread and a couple of fish and multiplying them and feeding 5,000, whether it's opening blind eyes or whether that's sitting with the sinners or calling Zacchaeus out of a tree and having dinner or lunch with Zacchaeus, whether that's raising Lazarus from the dead, whether that's healing a withered hand. As you look at Jesus, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That Jesus did not just walk on earth to perform miracles. He walked on earth to perform miracles so that we could be reminded of who God is in the flesh. That we could see God for who he truly is and see that what God did then, God can do now. That if God healed them then, he can heal me now. In, in Matthew, I can't remember which chapter it is, there was a scripture where there's a, a child who was having seizures and throwing himself in the fire. The dad brings the, the son to Jesus and says, well, if you can heal him, heal him. Now, obviously his father was sick watching his son seize up and go through these seizures and so much so he was seizing and falling into the fire. Afraid he's going to die of the seizure, afraid he's going to die of being burned or smoke inhalation or whatever it may be. And, and Jesus says, if I can. And he says, well, I believe, but help my unbelief. And so what Jesus is saying is, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. I changeth not King James says. He changes, changeth not. So the thing that changes is our perspective, our point of view, and our faith. And so he said, I believe, but help my unbelief. So Jesus is trying to get him to change his belief to line up with the unchangeability of God. And so when it comes to the promises of God in prayer, it's not about trying to get God to do something in your life. It's trying to get your faith to change to conform to the unchangeability of God. Because the promises of God, the plan of God is not changing. It's a matter if we're going to conform to his plan or not because the promises of God are going to come to pass one way or another. It's just a matter of we are standing in. The, so when you look at Jesus on earth, 
everything he was doing was trying to point us back to the unchangeability of the Father. That his love is unconditional, meaning it's unchanging. That his power is omnipotent, meaning it's unchanging. Like everything with God is steady and at the highest possible level it possibly could be. And so for us in our prayer life, our thing should be we trust, we, we put our faith, we build our trust on this rock of unchangeability. But we also develop this hope that God can do a new thing in us to bring us into alignment with his unchangeability. Because God's plan is going to come to pass. When you read through some of the great moves of God, God never changed. God did a new thing in his people. And so many times when you come through prayer seasons, like we're, we're trying to get God to move, we're trying to ask God to do this, and, and really that's not even what the, the case is. The case is God is not changing, but God wants to change us by doing something new in us. When you look at the Great Awakening, Great Awakening was a great move of God with Jonathan Edwards and George Whitfield, where thousands upon thousands of people were being saved by the preaching of the holiness of God's word. It was a holiness with the Second Great Awakening with Charles Finney. You start looking at the Civil War Revival, the Urban Revival, the Welsh Revival in England and Wales where people were just getting saved by a, a young preacher who had, had no training whatsoever and people were falling under the power of God because of the holiness of God had manifest itself. Look at the Azusa Street Revival where God began to pour out his spirit again. He had not changed his spirit, but his people needed a new move in them in order to be who God had called them to be. And you start seeing even greater revivals throughout the, the latter rain movement. You see the Brownsville, the Toronto blessing. You start seeing these moves of God. And the, the constant in those moves of God is that God did not change. His people just started be, realizing that he had not changed. And so when you realize that God had not changed, that he's the same as he was in Genesis 1, as he was in the Psalms, as he is in Zechariah, as he is in the book of Matthew, as he is in the epistles, as he is in Revelation. When you start realizing the unchangeability of God, it stirs your soul to seek more from God. And when you begin to seek more from God, then he does something new in you. And when God does something new in you, He'll start to do new things through you. And when he starts to do new things through you, he'll start to do new things in the people around you. When he starts to do new things in the people around you, then you start to see revival spark, which is personal. Revival is always personal in me. Then you start seeing a renewal, a renewal in the church, a, a fervor, a hunger, a thirst, a renewal of passion, renewal of love, a renewal of focus, a renewal of power. And then when that begins to manifest, then you start seeing the church impact the community, and that becomes a, an awakening, where there's a, a visible, tangible impact in the community where the church is at that changes the community for the better. And it all comes to this place that God does not change, but he's constantly and consistently trying to get us to change to be like him. 
That is the plan of God. The plan of God is moving forward, and he's constantly trying to woo us and draw us into his plan to change who we are to conform to him, to change our ideas, our plans to conform to his plans as his plan moves forward. And so it's this plan of God that's unchanging, but the people of God who are constantly changing. So as we pray this morning, that's, that's what we're standing on. We're standing on the unchangeability of God but also the fact God wants to do a new thing in us. So if you would, I want you to stand to your feet and you can walk around if you want to. And I'm going to pray as I'm praying. You can pray as you pray. I just want you to, your, your spirit, your soul, somewhere deep in your innermost being, in your spirit, your soul, your stomach, somewhere in that area, I just want you to put your hands upon it in agreement. Father, in Jesus' name, as we sit here in your presence, as we sit here at your feet, as we sit here at your heart, beating upon our hearts, Father, we know that you are changing not. That you changing not, Father, but we come into agreement right now that we know that you are the God that does not change. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. That your promises in the Old Testament are fulfilled in Jesus, but they still stand for us today. Your promises in the New Testament and the acts of Jesus in the New Testament, the healing, the power, the touch, the intimacy, the salvations, the redemption, the deliverance, the freedom, have changeth not. And so, Father, right now we come into agreement that you are not going to change to conform to us. You are not going to change to conform to culture. You are not going to change to conform to society. You are not going to change to conform to our church. But, Father, you're calling us to step into a new thing, a new place, a new position, a new passion into the God that changeth not. And so, Father, right now all across this room, we come into agreement for the new plan, the new thing you want to do in us plans to prosper us, plans to protect us, plans to provide for us, plans of healing, plans of deliverance, plans of freedom, plans of peace, plans of restoration, plans of security, plans of destiny, plans of family. Plans of conception of children. Plans, Father, of restoring families. Father, plans of restoring relationships that have been broken for years. Plans, Father. Plans to draw us into the power of God. Father, plans for your children to rest at your feet. Plans for your church, Father. For your church to thrive, to grow, and to be the manifestation of heaven on earth. Oh, Father, plans for your community to be touched, to be changed, to be redeemed. Father, right now we come into agreement. That, Father, as you do not change, you're constantly asking us to change. So right now, Father, we come into agreement and to search our own souls, hearts, and spirits and minds. Father, you even said in 2 Chronicles chapter 7 that, Father, if we turn and repent and seek your face, 
Father, right now we are looking within ourselves. And Father, anything that is not of heaven, anything that is not of your character, anything that is not part of your plan, Father, we pray that you point it out right now. Any selfish ambition, any selfish desires, any self-centered love, Father, any, any greed, any jealousy, any lust, any hatred, Father, we pray you point them out right now. And Father, we set those things aside. We cast them down at your feet. And Father, we pray that you cleanse our souls from the inside out. Cleanse us, Father, and renew us. Renew in us a spirit, oh God. A spirit that's tangible. A spirit that's moldable. A spirit that you can have in your hand and move however and whenever you want. Oh, Father, we come into agreement right now for your people. Father, for the plan of healing. Anyone in this room right now who needs healing within their body or anybody online, Father, we come into your plan of healing. Father, it's not our plan. It's not man's plan. Father, even though we may try to duplicate it through doctors and nurses and hospitals, we know they are an extension of you. But, Father, we know your plan is healing. The enemy had a plan for sickness and disease and injury and harm and death. Father, we know he had a plan in the garden. In John 10.10, we know he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But you have a plan of healing for abundant life. So, Father, right now, we come into agreement with your plan of healing that we see through the blood and through the stripes of Jesus Christ. And so, Father, we ask right now all those who are dealing with sickness within their body, whether cancer, Father, cancer cells, be stopped forming and stopped growing and begin to cease in Jesus' name. And, Father, you bring their bodies into alignment with your plan. Father, for any sickness, diabetes, injuries, hearing, eyes. Father, we pray they come into agreement with your plan because you are the God that changes not. Father, right now we come into your plan. We come into agreement of your plan of wholeness and deliverance and freedom. Father, those dealing with, with strongholds, Father, whether that may be addiction and, or tobacco or alcohol, Father, we come into agreement with your plan that no no son of God shall be slave to anything of this world. Father, we come into agreement with your plan of deliverance. That, Father, no man, no child of God should be held captive by the thoughts of anxiety or depression of the enemy. So we pray that we set our thoughts, we set our minds upon your plan and your foundation that you are unchanging, Father. And you promise to give us a spirit of peace, not a spirit of anxiety. Father, we pray right now that we come into the plan of deliverance to break the strongholds of lust and greed and self-centeredness, Father, to hold your people back. Father, we come into your plan of security and safety. Father, we're in agreement that you are a Psalms 91 God. Father, we pray safety and refuge that we can dwell in the secret place. And Father, we're safe and secure from every single spiritual attack of the enemy. That, Father, every fiery dart that he shoots at your people, that shoots at your children, falls to the ground. And we make altars out of the fallen arrows of the enemy. Father, we come into agreement with your plan of safety and security. That you surround us with angels. That we protect our homes, our households, our families from mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual attacks. Father, we come into agreement right now that you protect your people. Father, from COVID-19 and sickness and disease, 
that no plague shall come near their tent. That, Father, for our doctors and our nurses who are dealing with so much stuff, we just plead Psalms 91 over their minds and their hearts and their bodies and their spirits right now. But, Father, it is your plan, not our plan. Father, we come into agreement with your plan right now of prosperity. That, Father, your desire is to prosper your people, to give seed to the sower. And so, Father, for every business owner, we pray that you give them favor in their business, that you draw customers to their business. You give them favor with every single customer. You bring increase into the business, not for greed's sake, but for the kingdom's sake, to see your kingdom flourish and see your kingdom receive glory and see your kingdom advance here on earth. Father, we pray for agreement, for prosperity and provision for all the families of this church and this community. That, Father, as they, they give into your kingdom, as they tithe, that, Father, you protect the other 90%. Let it go farther than 100 could ever go. That, Father, you protect their jobs. You protect their homes from loss and from catastrophe. Father, we come into agreement right now for your plan, for a purpose and a destiny for every single child of God. Father, we ask right now for a specific revelation and vision for every single child of God. Father, from old to young, to in the womb, to all the way to the senior adult home, Father, do you spark dreams and visions within your people? Father, you remind them of the purpose you created within them with your fingerprints on them all the way from the Garden of Eden that they were created with the purpose and for a purpose. That, Father, for ministries to begin to be birthed and, and dreams and gifts, Father, spiritual gifts of the prophetic and words of knowledge and preachers and teachers and missionaries, Father, and evangelists, Father, that you begin to stir the giftings of your people to awaken them to the purposes of your people. That your people are not called to work a job and die. They're called to work a job and advance your kingdom. Father, I'm reminded of, of Alex Rao a couple years ago talking about there's no wonder that the enemy is so much after our children. Father, not just children in elementary school, but even in the womb, Father, that abortion attacking the purposes and gifts of God, even in the womb, because the enemy knows the gifts that come through the birth of your children here on earth. So, Father, we pray for protection. Father, we pray for deliverance. Father, we pray for a decrease in abortion rates and an increase in salvations of children through foster care and adoption. Father, and through restored families. Father, right now we pray for every single purpose of God and all the seeds of the kingdom through children, Father, are protected right now in every school, every college. That, Father, they're protected by your angels to protect the gift inside of them that you can stir up and release into the world around us. Father, right now we come into agreement with your plan for revival. That you will revive your people, oh God. Revive our passion back to the day when we first believed. Father, revive our passion to share the good news, to share our story, to share the gospel with the lost and the broken and the wicked, the backslid, the prodigals, the the people at our jobs, the people at Walmart, the people in our teams, the people in our schools. Father, renewing us a passion to see the lost restored back to their Father. Father, restoring us the power that we received when we were first filled with the Holy Spirit. Father, fill us again, oh God. Fill us with a power and a boldness to rest and depend upon your Spirit. 
Father, give us a confidence. Don't let us push your spirit or push your gifts back into the closet. Father, allow for your gifts to flow through your people and flow through your church. Father, renew in us, Father, a passion for worship, a passion for prayer to sit at your feet. Renew in us a passion for your word. Father, renew in us a hunger and a thirst for righteousness. Renew in us a hunger and a thirst for holiness. Father, renew in us. Father, revive your church. Bring it back to life. Awaken your people. Awaken the passion. Awaken the desires of your church. And Father, we pray it overflows into the community. And even in Ezekiel, Father, the river of life flowing through the temple, from the altar out into the, the, to the world. Father, we pray that wherever it goes, it produces life. We pray right now there's a river flowing from this place, from this people into the shoals, Father, to renew and bring life to where there's no life. Father, where there's poverty, it brings provision. Father, where there's brokenness, it brings restoration. Father, where there's sickness and disease, it brings healing. Father, where there's hopelessness, it brings hopes and dreams and vision and purpose. Father, where there's broken families, it brings restitution and reconciliation. Father, that it flows out of this place. Father, to affect every single area of our society. Father, from the schools to the government, to the creativity, Father, to the commerce and the marketplace, that, Father, out of your church flow rivers of living water. Father, renew in us. Father, we know that you're the God that changeth not. And if anything's going to change in this world, if anything's going to change in us, if anything's going to change in this church, if anything's going to change this community, Father, it's not going to be you. It has to be us. So, Father, right now, I just pray that you break down the strongholds of religion and tradition in our community and in our own lives. Father, you break down the stronghold of routine-based religion and bring back a fervor New Testament, Acts chapter 2, religion that's based on thriving relationship with Jesus Christ and the spirit that resurrected him from the dead. Give us the boldness to change and to step into the plan that you've had for our lives and for our church and for our community before the foundations of the earth. Oh, Lord. Father, we need a move. As we were, I shared quickly about Azusa Street and the Welsh Revival and the Great Awakening, the business men's fellowship revival, the urban revivals, the business people's prayer revival in New York. Father, I pray that you do it again. You do it again. Father, we need a fresh wind to blow through our lives and to blow through our church to get rid of all the, the chaff in our midst so the only thing that remains is the plan that you have for us. So we pray for a refreshing, we pray for a fresh wind, fresh move, fresh word, a fresh anointing. And we stand upon you, our unchanging, faithful, even the scripture in Hebrews Father, where you are, God, your character is unchanging. 
Your love is unchanging. Your power is unchanging. Your plan is unchanging. Your mercy is unchanging. Your presence is unchanging. Father, we thank you that there's an anchor for our souls in you. Desperate for you, and I'm lost without you. And Father, we thank you for your plan. But above all, we thank you for you. Our, our God, our Jehovah, our Elohim, our Yahweh, our Father, our King, our Lord, our Savior, our Redeemer, our Deliverer, our Healer, our Provider, our Protector. pray as we leave here today there's a stirring in our hearts not to pray in the morning but to live a lifestyle of prayer continually interceding continually resting and being aware of your presence continually thinking about what you're thinking about continually seeing what you're seeing continually feeling what you're feeling so father as we leave i pray to you god and you protect your people father as they leave here they don't leave here by accident to leave here on purpose. That everywhere they go, Father, they're being sent by the King on a mission for the kingdom. I pray that you open up their eyes to everything that's around them. Father, those that are around them needing love and encouragement, that you give them the boldness and the courage to step up and love and encourage those who are desperate for it. You open up their eyes, Father, to the needs around them. You open up their eyes to those who are lost or broken around them. Give them words of knowledge, give them words of the gospel, give them words of affirmation, 
to point them back to the Father's house. And Father, I pray as they go that you protect them as you take them. And as you protect them, I pray every single step they take takes up new ground for your kingdom. And Father, we bless you and we love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. Hope you have an incredible, incredible day. We'll see you tomorrow morning.